Good morning, Evangel. It's a good day. Say that with me. It's a good... Oh, that's good. Say it one more time. I'm pretty excited this morning. It's a... Turn to the person beside you and say, the pastor's excited. Now say it like you're excited about it. The pastor's excited. There we go. It's a good day, and I have a story to tell you. And for those of you that are just panicking right now going, they forgot to take the offering. We did not. I assure you, we are taking an offering today. But it's going to be at the end. There is not actually a scripture verse. As hard as you search for it, there's not a scripture verse that says that the offering has to come halfway through the service. So we're doing it at the end today. We're just changing it all up, all crazy-like. How many go, that's okay for me to do that? Good. Okay. So I have a story to tell you today, and um, and I'm pretty pumped about it, and I need you to kind of follow along and stick with it. So I'm going to start with a scripture, then I'm going to tell you this story, and then we're going to come back with the scripture. But God, first of all, we just pause at this moment. We hold out our hands, and we say, God, help us to hear what you want us to hear. Just whisper that prayer this morning. Help me to hear what you want me to hear. Give us open hearts. Give us open ears. Help us, God, to be deeply impacted by you and by what you're doing. And we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. The scripture that I'm reading is from John chapter 6. And I'm going to read it to you first, and then we're going to talk a little bit. So it's it's from John chapter 6, starts at verse 5. Many of you have heard this story before. Here's what it says. When Jesus looked up and saw a great crowd. Say that with me. Great crowd. You got to say it like you mean it, okay? Great crowd. There we go. And, and you're going to see it's 5,000 men plus their families, okay? When Jesus looked up and saw a great crowd coming towards him, he said to Philip, where shall we buy bread for these people to eat? And he asked this only to test him, for he already had in mind what he was going to do. And Philip answered him and said, it would take more than half a year's wages to buy enough bread for each one just to have a bite. And then it goes on and Andrew says, well, there's a little guy here. He's got five loaves, two fish. He's got a little lunch. And then it goes to verse 10. Jesus said, have the people sit down. There's plenty of grass in that place. And they sat down. About 5,000 men were there. Jesus then took the loaves gave thanks, and distributed to those who were seated as much as they wanted. He did the same with the fish. And when they had all had enough to eat, he said to his disciples, gather the pieces that are left over. Let nothing be wasted. So they gathered them and they filled 12 baskets with the, five, with the pieces of the five barley loaves left over by those who had eaten. How many have heard this story before? How many have heard it so many times you forgot to say wow at the end? Okay, just give a little wow. That's a wow story, okay? Now here's my story, and it's a wow story. We have been talking since New Year's Eve of this year, last year, however you count that. New Year's Eve, we talked about being an inside-out church. And we have talked about that there are three core values to being part of an inside-out church. We have said we do good, love each other, and... Reveal Jesus. Do good, love each other, reveal Jesus. And the do good, we've, we've talked about it all. And I keep repeating it because then you're going to remember it. But we talked about how in Jeremiah, Jeremiah said to the exiles who were in the city where they didn't want to be, you need to, you need to build houses, settle down, plant gardens, eat what they produce, be part of the community there, pray for its peace and prosperity because if it prospers, you will prosper. And then we talked about how in Matthew chapter five, Jesus said, you need to be salt and you need to be light. That's 
who you've been called to be. And we said salt and light, if they're all gathered together in one little space, it becomes a very salty, very bright space that doesn't impact the rest of the world. And so we've talked about that the salt has to be out there, sprinkled, and the light has to push back darkness and be shining in darkness. And then Jesus said in Matthew 5, uh, verse 16, in the same way, let your light shine before others that they may see your good deeds. Okay? Say that with me. See your good deeds. See your good deeds. Let your light shine before others that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. And so we said, when we do good out there, outside the building, then people see Jesus. Jesus said that if we let people see our good deeds, they'll glorify God. And we've kind of turned that into people will say, wow, thank God that church is there. And so we've been going, we are going to do good and Jesus is going to be revealed. And then we've also talked about, we love each other in here. So we do good out there. We love each other in here. And we actually, you know, with the radical, extravagant, generous love that, that Jesus and the father have for each other, that's how we're supposed to love each other. And then if we do that, if we do good out there and we love each other in here, then Jesus is revealed. We reveal Jesus. How many go? Yep. With you so far. Okay. And so, so somebody says to me, well, but Patty, do we ever proclaim? Do we ever say out loud that this is, yes, of course we do. Hello. I got a microphone right now. Okay. We proclaim. Yes, we do. But can I just say that for too long, churches, some churches, other churches, not this church, not any church that we know, other churches have sometimes talked and proclaimed a lot more than they've walked and done it. Okay? I'm not fired yet? Okay. And so we proclaim without doing good, and we proclaim without loving each other, and then we wonder why nobody's listening. And so in our world today, and in Quebec, and in Canada, and in this world that we live in, can, I just hate to break the news to you, most people aren't listening. I have been here not quite nine months, and during that nine months, I have had people repeatedly, and, and with a smile on their face, put their hand in my face and say, don't give me God. Don't give me Jesus. A stranger I met on the street, I said, oh, I just moved to the city. He said, oh, why did you move? I said, I'm the pastor of that church down the street. And he said, oh, I left the church a long time ago. I know what the church is all about. People are not listening today. So we can proclaim all we want, but if they're not listening, it's not going that far. And so we have said, we are going to be inside out. We are going to walk the walk. We're going to do good and we're going to be who God has called us to be. And it's not just a slogan. This inside out church, this do good, love each other, reveal Jesus is not just a slogan that we say. It actually guides our decisions. It helps us decide what we're going to do and when we're going to do it and who's going to be part of it. It helps us decide on budgets and all of that. And so I just want to tell you this story, this progression that's led up to today. And some of you know part of it and some of you know none of it and that's okay. But since last April, we've been working on our budget and you, you know the drill, right? We're nonprofit. We're dependent on the offerings that come in. The 
government doesn't give us money, no matter what you think. And uh, all of this stuff. And so we're just dependent on offerings. And last year, we, we renovated this whole building. And it costs a lot of money. Because renovations often cost a lot of money. And they usually cost more than you thought they were going to, no matter how much research you put in. And the basement flooded, and we had to fix that. And then some of the offerings drop off, because some people end up moving away, or they do whatever. And then the lead pastor leaves, and you got to put up with a new lead pastor. That's me. And you got to decide if you like her or not. And so the expenses go up and the income goes down a little bit. And so by the time I arrived, our budget had been pretty slashed. Our, and, and, and we had to pay the mortgage. And we have to pay the hydro bill. And we have to pay all of that. But we had to slash almost everything that we do in ministry, especially the stuff that we do out there. How many know that's not why we're here? <laughs> right? And so we've been working really hard now on going, how do we create a new budget? Because our new budget already started July the 1st. And so since April, we've been working really hard on that budget. And we said, we we don't want to have to slash expenses again but we need the rental income to go up or we need the offering income to go up or whatever. We need to figure it out. But, But we're here to help people connect with Jesus. We're not here to maintain a building. We need to be out there. So this is the struggle we've been facing. And so uh, uh, um, in June, I guess it was, I took our, our leaders, some of our lead team and some of our staff, and we went to this event called Creating a Culture of Dare. Don't you love that name? And uh, it was put on by World Vision. And the speaker there was a guy named Mark Buchanan. Mark Buchanan is, is Canadian. He's the author of several books, including Your God is Too Safe and Your Church is Too Safe. And he wrote those books about a decade ago, and they deeply impacted how I think. And he's a Canadian pastor who has done it, who has taken risks, who has gotten out in his community and has seen God impact lives. And now he's a professor at a seminary, and he travels around and he speaks. And so we had heard that he was coming to Montreal. And so I said, great, let's go. We're going to take some of our leaders there. So beginning of June or so, we were there, and it was just for a morning. And can I just tell you, we, we, we all got there and he starts speaking. And have you ever been in a space where the speaker starts speaking, you know, and it's, it's a Christian space and you all of a sudden start going, did somebody email this speaker, my story, because they are nailing me, right? You ever been in a spot like that? That's where we were. It got so embarrassing that we, he starts talking. First of all, he goes, you know, sometimes there's churches that have been around a long time, (laughs) And he goes, and then they go through a lot of change, and then they, they go to find a new pastor, and everybody puts on their best front, and it's kind of like dating, and, and we all just say, oh, everything's perfect all the time, and, and then reality hits, and you're trying to work it through, and, and me, I'm sitting there going, okay, this is just, this is us, right? It's not bad, it's just us. And, and I looked over at one of the members of our lead team, and she's got this little giggle going on, and I looked at her, and she looked at me, I said, let's just not even make eye contact, Okay. Let's just, let's just keep going. So he keeps on going. And so he talked about that. And then he talked about, um, uh, reaching out, uh, the reaching out that you have to do, et cetera. And then he talked about, um, he went to the story, I think it's in Mark chapter four of Jesus when he falls asleep in the boat and there's a storm. Okay. And, and so he doesn't know this. Of course he doesn't know this, but what the first time that I spoke at evangel, which was before any of us, including me knew that we would be coming here. Before that, I was just here as a guest speaker. This is the scripture I spoke on. And I go, whoa, this guy's speaking on the same scripture. And it's the scripture where Jesus is asleep, and then he gets up, and he shh, calms the storm, right? Which some of you really liked that shh, because you've emailed me about it. And so 
Mark Buchanan is presenting this scripture, and he starts talking, and he's talking about Jesus asleep in the storm, and he says, you know, he goes, there's a little bit in the Greek that, that would indicate that, that Jesus was asleep, maybe because the disciples sort of encouraged him to be. Because the disciples, they're in a boat, and most of the disciples are fishermen. What do you do with a carpenter when you're a fisherman on a boat? You kind of tell them to get out of the way, right? And so there's this little sense that perhaps the disciples were like, hey, Jesus. And he's like, hey, can I help? No, no, we're good. You're probably tired. Why don't you have a little sleep here? We even got a pillow for you, right? And so Jesus is going to sleep until the storm hits and they don't know what they're going to do and they have to wake him up and they're freaking out. And so Mark Buchanan is talking about all of this story. And then he says, now I want you to turn at your tables and talk to each other. And he said, he asked two questions. He said, I want you to talk about them. These are the two questions. Number one, is the vision of your church so safe that Jesus can sleep through it? Ouch. And number two, what would have to happen to wake him up? How many know we had an interesting conversation with our leadership around the table that day, right? And so out of that, we started to have some real conversations with our lead team, with our staff. We started going, why are we here? We have to pay our bills. Yes, the building is great. Yes, but, and it's our 100th anniversary, which is just awesome. We're so excited that it's been 100 years. But what are we looking forward to? And we said, what would we be doing if we weren't 100 years old? If we were a church that was right here in this location, and we weren't 100 years old, and we weren't 50 years old, and we weren't even 10 years old, what would we do if we were in our first year planting a church right here at this location? What would we do? And we went, we'd give everything. We would do everything everything that we could to reach our community. We would do everything we could to be part of our world and to be part of our community and to show people the love of Jesus. And, and we started talking and we, we got excited about that concept. And I said to them, you know, guys, I said, I don't want to be, no offense, don't be offended, but I don't want to be a year from now. I don't want to be the pastor of a 101-year-old church that's just maintaining and doing what we do and sitting in our comfortable seats with our arms crossed. I don't really want to do that. That's kind of, kind of boring. I like to pastor a church with a foundation of 100 years, with this amazing strength and foundation, but a church that has the passion and the excitement and the impact of a church that's in its very first year. I said, I would like to be the pastor of a church like that. And how about, we all started talking to each other. We said, how about when we set our budget, we set a budget that's not based on fear and not based on there's not going to be enough and not based on, you know, Jesus might not calm the storm. Let's set a budget that has some faith in it and that's excited and that gives as much space as we can with wisdom, yes, with wisdom, but as much space as we can for ministry out there. So that's what we did. We set a faith budget, and I'm just being straight up honest with you this morning. We set a faith budget. It already started on July the 1st, and it calls for God to bring in $60,000 more of income than what we had been projecting, which is not as much as it sounds. It's about three Sundays worth of offering, okay? And so that's what we did, and, it, and it's still tight. That's still a tight budget, but it's giving our staff and our leadership the ability to reach out, to get out there in the community, and to do what they have to do. And so we said, okay, this is what we're going to do. We believe this is what God's calling us to do, and we're going to take a step of faith, okay? 
Have you ever taken a step of faith and then seen God go, bon, now watch this? Anyone? That's what happened. So we take this step of faith. And then I go away for two weeks. I was on vacation for a week, and then I was speaking at a camp for a week. The day after I get back, we are in Cabot Square. This is two weeks ago. And we were there because we're celebrating our 100th anniversary. And we're serving dessert, and we're serving coffee, and it's free to our community. And Cosimo is is singing, and there's this amazing classical music, and the weather's perfect, and everything's great. And we're looking around going, wow, we got quite a crowd. We have quite a group of people at our 100th anniversary party. And then we kept watching, and a few of us noticed, and we were like, this is a really good crowd for a 100th anniversary of a church. And why are they all looking at their phones? And we look around, and finally somebody goes, it's Pokemon Go. I said, what on earth is Pokemon Go? Okay. For those of you that don't know, here's the one-sentence description. I've been told it's accurate. It's a video game on your phone that interacts with your GPS so that you're actually moving around on real streets, but you're catching little cartoon characters while you do, okay? It's the best I can come up with, okay? I don't play the game. I'm just trying to... And so Sunday, that was Saturday. Sunday, we get up, we come to church, we do what we do, and we walk into church in the morning. We're like, look at that. They're still there. And Sunday night, there were more people there. And Monday, there were more people there. And Monday, we started going, huh, maybe we should do something. And Tuesday morning, at our staff meeting, Pastor Mike presented a plan. He said, I'd like to give out water and granola bars and pull out power bars out of the church and provide a free charging station for people's phones. Can we do that? Can we do all of that for free? And can we let people know what we were doing? And we said, okay. And so we went shopping on Tuesday afternoon. And Wednesday, we started, you know, making plans. And some of our young adults painted the front windows. And we got all stocked and we started. And by Wednesday night, we had started. And by Thursday night, you guys, we had served over 2,000 people. Oh my goodness. And so all of this is happening. And then Friday, so this is still all a week ago. So, so Wednesday night we start. By Thursday night we've passed 2,000 people. Friday morning this little pastor is panicking. I'm not going to tell you that very often, but it's a little scary when you're the one who's in charge of the whole thing and there's hundreds and hundreds of people coming and you're supposed to, you know, not screw it up. And so I'm at home and I'm going, oh God, what am I going to do? And I, I'm looking at Jeff, poor guy. He, he happened to be there. He's on the recipient, receiving end of the whole thing. I go, what am I going to do? I got all these hundreds of people. I don't have enough money to keep buying water and granola bars to give it away. And we don't have enough volunteers to make this happen. And Pastor Mike and some of the others are out there 12 or 14 hours a day in the hot sun. They're going to get tired. And when they get tired, they're going to snap at somebody or they're going to, somebody's going to give them a hard time and they're not going to respond in the best possible way because they're tired. And somebody's going to have their phone out and they're going to video it and put it on YouTube and bam, everything's going to just fall apart. Right? So I was freaking out a little bit. And, uh, and so Jeff very calmly did not freak out back. And I said, you know what? We should pray. How many know that's a good response when you're freaking out? And so I started praying. I said, oh, God, I am freaking out. I got, a hun- I got hundreds of people on our doorstep, and I don't know how we're going to feed them, and I don't know what we're going to do. And all of a sudden, God drops into my mind the scripture that we read earlier. Can I, just, can I just read it to you again, part of it? John 6, verse 5. When Jesus looked up and saw, what now? A great crowd, 
coming towards him, he said to Philip, where shall we buy bread for these people to eat? You see where this is going, right? And then it says, he asked this only to test him for he already had in mind what he was going to do. Now, some of you have heard me say this before, but I'm going to repeat it. This verse, these two verses mean the world to me because this question that Jesus asked Philip is a ridiculous question. It's an insane question. And, and it's, it doesn't make any sense when he said, where shall we buy bread for these people to eat? That makes no sense. There is nowhere. They're out in the middle of nowhere. There's no store. There's no, it's not, oh, should we choose this store or that store? There's no stores. Okay. And even if there is a store, it's, it's a little mom and pop, you know, dépanneur. It's not, it's not a Walmart. It's not a Costco. And even if you went to, to Walmart today and you were like, oh, I got 5,000 people on my doorstep. I'd like to feed them. Walmart is not stocked to feed 5,000 people. So there, there is no where. Even if there is a where, it's way too small. It's not stocked. And let's say a huge miracle happens. You're in the middle of nowhere. You got this giant store that just happens to be there with enough stuff to feed 5,000 people. They don't have money to buy it. So, so the question makes no sense at all. But then the next verse says, he asked this only to test him, for he already had in mind what he was going to do. You know what that question was? It was a heads up. Philip, I'm going to ask you a ridiculous question that there's no answer for, and then I'm going to do a screaming huge miracle. Don't miss it. And somebody goes, well, it was a real answer to prayer. No, it wasn't. Philip never prayed that Jesus would take a little boy's lunch and stretch it to 5,000. That never even occurred to Philip. This thing that Jesus already had in mind that he was going to do, it didn't even occur to anybody. And so God drops this into my mind while I'm having this freak out on Friday morning. And I go, oh God, you already have in mind what you're going to do. You knew these hundreds of people were going to be on our doorstep. You knew we were going to be doing our best to reach them and to bless them and to do good for them. So you just do the screaming huge miracle that you want to do and impact our city and impact our province and let them know that Jesus loves them. That's the prayer that I prayed on Friday morning. Saturday, I got a message from somebody in Manitoba. I don't know anybody in Manitoba. I have an uncle and aunt there, but it wasn't them. And I get this message from a stranger in Manitoba, and she goes, Patty, I've been watching what's been happening on social media. She said, I'm the prayer coordinator for the Manitoba district of the Pentecostal Assemblies of Canada. I just got off a conference call with the, with the prayer coordinators from all the districts across Canada, and we're praying for your church. And we're praying for this outreach that you're doing to the hundreds of people that are outside. And we just want you to know we're praying God will provide and God will do a miracle and God will protect and it's going to be great. I go, well, thanks. She goes, you, no problem. Happy to pray for you. You just let us know whatever you need to pray. I just started bawling, right? It was such a, such a meaningful moment for me. And then I had to go to Ontario. I had to go to Coburg, to Lakeshore Camp in Coburg. And this was booked months ago. And when they asked me to come, they said, Patty, it's going to be our Mission Canada Sunday, and we want you to come and talk about Quebec. And I said, I've only lived in Quebec for eight months. I am not the person to talk about Quebec. And they said, no, we want you to come. And I said, no, I'm away from my church a lot in July. And they said, no, we want you to come. And so we had a missionary booked anyway, as you know, last Sunday. And so I said, okay, I'll go. 
And now this Pokemon thing's exploded, and I really don't want to go, to be honest. Don't tell them that. But I didn't want to go. I wanted to be here. And so I, because of all of that, I was immersed then on the weekend and, and in the week prior to that, doing all this research to be able to present properly and looking at Statistics Canada and watching a documentary and, and tying together different stories and learning what I can learn about this province here of Quebec, where less than 1% of the population gets up on Sunday morning and says, I'm going to go to an evangelical church. And where generations of people um, endured all kinds of abuse and corruption and all of that from the church. And so they equate the church with them and they said, no God for me. No Jesus for me. No church for me. And people looking for the meaning of life and they'll look for it anywhere but not in a church. And so I was immersed in all of this. And at Lakeshore Camp last Sunday morning, I told them all of that. And then I told them the Pokemon story, which, which I think by that time had passed 4,000 people we had served. And I said, guys, I'm just praying for God to do a screaming huge miracle that will impact our city and will impact our province and, 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 and all this. And then I, I finished my sermon, my message, and I said, thank you very much. And I sat down because I was done, right? And, and all of a sudden, this crowd of people's around me. And they're coming up and what, they're, they're kissing me and they're hugging me. And, and, and people are saying, how can we help? I go, what, what do you mean? We want to donate. How can we help towards your outreach? How can we help? What can we give? We want to be able to pray for you. We want to help. We want to send people that will help to do this outreach. We just want you to know we think this is great. I'm okay. And in the middle of this crowd, one person gives me their business card and just says the same thing everybody else is saying. I want to help. Would you please call me? Okay. I go. So I, I leave on Sunday, and, and, and I, I, Monday's just a schmazzle. And by Tuesday, I pull out this business card. I go, oh, I should call this person. Okay, what did I say I was praying for? Screaming huge miracle. Say that with me. Screaming huge miracle. There you go. Okay, so I phoned this person, and I said, hi, you asked me to call you. You gave me your card at camp on Sunday, and I phoned them and everything. And they said, yeah. They said, actually, I, I really believe in ministry, that there's finances that are needed to help ministries do what they need to do. And I'm always looking for churches that are doing it, that are getting out there in the community and are carrying Jesus out there and are doing good and all of this stuff. So tell me what you're doing. So I said, okay. So I told them everything. I told them the budget. I told them the church. I told them inside out, do good, love each other, reveal Jesus. And he said, okay, how do I donate? Can I just do it through your website? I said, sure, that would be great. And 20 minutes later, $10,000 came in. Look at the person beside you and say, the pastor's excited. <laughs> okay? And he said, you just use it for ministry, you use it for staffing, you use it for whatever you need because I believe in what you're doing. So then this week, we start getting calls from the media and CJAD calls us and CBC phones us and uh, Van Catheter calls us and some of you saw a paper article and some of you saw Pastor Normand on CBC TV and some of you heard something on CBC radio and some of you were listening to CJAD on Thursday and I just found out as I got to church this morning, this interview was also played three months more times this morning, and some of you already heard it, but for those of you that didn't, here's how it sounds. Listen to The Barry Morgan Show, live weekdays noon to 3 on CJAD 800 and CJAD.com. 219 on The Barry Morgan Show. We're uh, going to make this uh, Pokemon time, right? You think Barry can keep that going? Well, his, his streak, our streak of, uh, of a Pokemon discussion every single day? 
Maybe. Maybe? Okay, well, tune in next week. We'll see what happens. Uh, the Evangel Pentecostal Church, it's the one right by the old forum on Lambert Kloss. Uh, they've been embracing Pokemon Go, and they've turned to helping Pokemon trainers on their quest to catch them all. Uh, we're joined now by Pastor Patty Miller to tell us how this came about. Uh, a bit of an interesting uh, meshing of worlds, isn't it, Pastor Miller? Uh, it is. It's um, a meshing of worlds I never saw coming. Didn't expect to have happen. <laughs> <laughs> and yet now this has led to thousands more people being aware of your church, right? Yeah, we've, as of last night, we've served water, bottles, and snacks to uh, over 5,500 people, and we're back at it today. So we're just kind of going as fast as we can, trying to do good in our community. Wow. So uh, tell me, how how did this start? Who had the, the brainchild? Well, um, last Saturday, a week and a half ago, it's our 100th anniversary um, at Evangel. We've been here 100 years. Congratulations. So we various events around that. So a week and a half ago on Saturday, we had an event in Cabot Square of just some classical music and desserts. And we noticed we were pulling a bigger crowd than we thought we were. And, and we realized half the crowd was looking at their phones. <laughs> they weren't there for us. <laughs> and uh, so we found out about Pokemon Go and we started thinking about it Sunday and Monday and hundreds and people were right in front of us so we at staff meeting tuesday said what can we do it's it's hot outside and so by wednesday we said let's put out free water and free granola bars and let people charge their phones and see if that helps the community and so that's what we did and it's been growing ever since um what are some of the things that you provide to the to the people that are playing uh, we offer, we've been offering free bottles of water. Today we're switching it over to water coolers. It's a little bit more environmentally friendly. Nice. So we've been giving that out. We've been giving out granola bars. Um, and then if, to some of the people, not to everyone, but if we end up in conversation or whatever and they're more interested, we had cards printed off uh, for a free coffee inside our church on Sunday morning when we're open. How cool. And then we brought out extension cords and power bars and said you can just sit here and charge your phone for as long as you need to. So that's, that's what we've awesome. been doing. Really cool. We're, we're joined by Pastor Patty Miller from the Evangel Pentecostal Church on, uh, on Lambert Kloss, uh, just below St. Catherine Street, near the old Montreal Children's Hospital, near the old Montreal Forum. Um, how does this mesh with, like, I, I'm trying to question or wonder and I don't play the game, but does this speak to any kind of Christian values that you guys can can embrace? Uh, the game itself, I don't play the game either, to be honest with you, although <laughs> some of my staff do. Uh, the game itself, I don't even know that much about. Um, for us, the Christian value is we've embraced specifically this year, but it's not particularly new. We said we wanted to be in what we called an inside-out church. And what we mean by that is one of the core values of that is to do good in our community and to do more than just gather within our own building, but that part of our faith is to add to the good of our community, to do good works, and that's just part of being a Christian. And so we've been looking for opportunities to do that in our community. And so when this opened up, this was just a perfect a perfect connection point for us. Very cool. Uh, what has the response been so far? We've had uh, nothing but positive response. We've had, uh, I've personally just been amazed. I've never seen anything quite like it. We've had just hundreds of people smiling and saying, who is doing this? Why would you do this? You're a church. We've never seen a church that cares about the community. That's what I hear over and over again. And um, we've had people ask if they can donate to us, and we're not accepting donations at the table or anything like that. We don't want anyone to think that we're trying to profit. Um, but people have brought us cases of water so that we can help give it away. And on social media, they're saying, you got to look at this church. They love the community. The response has been just incredibly positive. We've been shocked. Has it led to anybody sticking around for services? 
Um, I was away last Sunday, but what I was told was we had those cards that I mentioned about the free coffees. I think we had 10 of those turned in last Sunday morning. So to my knowledge, we had 10 people visiting directly as a, resp- as a result of that. There may have been more who didn't identify themselves. I don't know. Now, people have been in the park playing Pokemon, but um, and maybe Robin Flynn can help me out on this one. But um, will there, would you one be able to catch Pokemon in the church? Uh, I don't think so. Not that anyone's told me, but if somebody finds one, I don't care. They can come in on. <laughs> Listen, if people come in on Sunday morning and they're catching Pokemon, let them in. It's not hurting anything. Uh, how? What is the cell phone policy inside the Evangel Pentecostal Church? We encourage people to use their cell phones. We use. I, I when I speak, I speak from my iPad, and uh, we encourage people to use their their Bible apps or to tweet what's happening in a Sunday morning service. Um, just to help spread the word and to interact with each other while the service is happening. Sounds like a great way to combine uh, embracing of both uh, religion and technology. Uh, Pastor Patty Miller from the Evangel Pentecostal Church celebrating their 100th anniversary this year, and uh, they are embracing Pokemon Go. Thank you so much for your time, Pastor. Thank you so much. You have a great day. You too. It's 225. And apparently they played that three more times this morning. And when I looked on their website, there was an article posted and we were the first headline on CJAD's website this morning. They think a church is doing good in the community and they think that's a good thing. Yesterday, we had a guy come by, and we didn't know who he was, and he said, where's Mike, and who is Mike? And so they pointed out Pastor Mike, and he opened up his trunk, and he started bringing out cases of water, and he said, I want to give to this, I want to help, because my son has been coming here, and you've been reaching out to him and helping him, and I want to be part of it, and he helped. They think that a church is good in the community. Do good, reveal Jesus. It's happening. It's happening. As of last night, the updated number that I have now, we have served 7,604 people. Turn to somebody and say, the pastor is excited today. Okay. And you know, there's another church in the city. They contacted me earlier this week. They said, Patty, can we help? I said, sure. So they're talking to their church this morning and saying, let's see if we can raise some money to help them do this. Let's see if we can come and help them be part of it. And you go, how are we going to do that? Well, you know, there's, we have evangel ID that we're going to give to anybody that wants to help us, whether it's our church or somebody else. And we have a code of conduct of exactly what we're trying to do and what we're not trying to do. And there'll be other groups because there's a huge crowd. No kidding. There's a huge crowd coming to Cabot Square and there will be other people and they might have a different approach than we do. And somebody says, well, what happens if somebody meets Jesus? through another group. That's okay. We're okay with that, right? But at the same time, we're also very clear on what we're doing and who we are. And so we're just being super clear about that. And then God can work however he wants through different groups. Faith Today Magazine wants to do an article on us. Um, and the list just goes on. Now here's, here's what I need from you. And this is where, this is where it comes down to. Okay. Do you remember in that story of 5,000 plus people getting fed, Somebody had to sacrifice. It was a little boy. Gave up his lunch. There is a cost to doing this. And I'm just being straight up with you. If you're visiting today, just ignore me right now, okay? But if you're part of the church, I really want you to hear this. There's a cost. 
And we need finances to be able to help keep this going. We've already added to it. We've already gotten donations. That's why we were able to keep going this week. We switched to water coolers because it's cheaper and another church loaned them to us. So we've done that. But I don't know what's next. And somebody says, how long are you going to go? I don't know. We're going to keep going until we don't go anymore. Till either the crowds stop coming or we can't do it anymore. But I don't want to say no to whatever God has next. I want to say yes to whatever opens up next, however people end up on our doorstep. And, you know, I was thinking about it, and I thought if each of us gave up, say, our lunch today, let's say we spent $5 on our lunch today, and let's say we had 600 people come to church, which is actually pretty conservative. We're usually about eight fifty, But let's say every one of us gives $5, and there were 600 people, that would be $3,000 added to our outreach fund. Let's say you go for more than McDonald's for lunch and you spend $10 for lunch. Well, then that would be $6,000 added to our outreach fund. And you go, well, I don't really like Pokemon. Okay. Well, then you can give towards the outreach fund towards the campus, our Francophone campus on the east side of the city. You can give towards our City Reach Broussard South Church, South Shore Church plant that's happening in just over a month because they need it. You can give it towards global workers that are around the world that we support, or you can help support our general fund so we can pay the hydro bill for all the free charging that we're offering. I don't care. I'm just telling you there is a cost to being out there in the community and doing good. And I'm asking you to help us with it. And the second thing I'm asking is for your time. That's more valuable than money sometimes. Guys, we need help. We only got a few people. They're doing 12 hour days out there in the hot sun. And and somebody goes, well, Patty, you need to be reasonable. I tried. I tried. I said, we're just going to do weekends. And then on Tuesday this week, I walked home past Cabot Square where hundreds of people were, and we weren't there. And I said, I can't do it. There are moments when God drops a moment in front of you, and it is a God moment, and it is not reasonable. And if you try to be reasonable, you will miss it. And we called our staff and we said, we got to get back out there. Forget the weekends, forget the reasonable, get out there. We're not doing reasonable. And so we need help. And you go, well, I don't have the time. I'm just saying, if you got the time to binge watch Netflix, if you have the time to go to the various festivals that are around here in this city, If you have time for whatever it is you spend your evenings or afternoons or whatever doing, you have time to pick up garbage in Cabot Square. And you have time to do a Costco run. My poor husband has been at Costco more times in the last week than he's been in his whole life. And that's not even an exaggeration. That's totally true. You have time to help us at a table, even for an hour, and to hand out granola bars. We need help. Wednesday to Saturday, noon to midnight, We need help. We need people that will help us do it. And so we need finances. We need time. And here's the third thing, and it matters. Guys, we need prayer every day, over and over again. We're praying tonight at 6 o'clock. It's going to be a one-hour prayer meeting, and we're going to take time. We're going to pray together. But I need you to be praying that this community continues to see see Jesus and that they see a church as a positive thing in the community. I need you to pray that this stays as a positive story. I need you to pray that the people walking around looking on their phones and walking right out into the street don't have an accident and get killed. I want prayer for safety over this whole thing. Prayer for God's provision and prayer for the screaming huge miracle that I think God has planned for all of this. Is that fair? Here's what I want you to do. Would you bow your heads at this moment? I'm going to ask the worship team to come. The ushers are also going to come, and we are at this moment going to ask God to drop into our minds what it is that he asked for us to do. 
So God, at this moment, as we bring this service to a close, we say thank you first of all. We spend so much time and energy as a church trying to get people to come, and then they all just show up right on our doorsteps, the easiest outreach we've ever done in our lives. God, we say thank you for that. Thank you for sending Pokemon players to our front steps. Thank you for helping us to notice. Thank you for providing so far. Thank you, God, for the miracle that you've done so far. Thank you for the 7,604 people that we've already served. God, we're asking in the name of Jesus that you would continue to keep this story a good story and that it would expand and that people would start to have their perceptions of church and their perceptions of God changed. And God, at this moment, we open up to you and we say, you show us, God, what our part is. And for some of us, it's finances. And for some of us, it's time. And for some of us, it's prayer. And for some of us, it's a combination of two or three of those things. So at this moment, we give you permission, God. Speak into our lives. Show us what you need. Thank you, God. I'm going to ask our worship team to lead us in worship. Ushers, I'm going to let you just collect the offering. You go right through. Once that offering collection bag goes past you, stand up, join our worship team in worship, and we're going to end this service with some serious praise.